आई वी एम Welcome to the Equity Sahiya podcast with Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company. This podcast will delve into the investment insights and philosophies of Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company and speak about the frameworks used by them to assess various sectors for investment. Welcome to the Equity Sahiya podcast brought to you by Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company. This is a two-part series focusing on the banking sector and we are going to delve deeply into the philosophy and the framework that Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company uses when it analyzes the banking sector. My guest for this two-part series is Shrey Lunkar, Senior Vice President and Fund Manager PMS. Shrey is a Chartered Accountant and a CFA. In the past, he has worked with Reliance Nippon Life Asset Management and Ernst & Young. Shrey, welcome to the show. We ended the first part talking about how the NPL crisis is improving at the margin and how even in a worst-case scenario, it might take just three years of profits to wipe out the entire bad book for loans. I know for a fact that this sector is core to India's growth. It's a critical sector. It's also a very lucrative and attractive sector from an investment perspective. Tell us about how Motilal Oswal assesses the future potential, the future, so to say, of the banking sector. This, as you said, right, the sector is typically a heartbeat of an economy. And that's why for any healthy body, you need a healthy heart. And that's what we are in the journey for. And typically what happens is growth solves most of the problem. So the moment the growth picks up, most of the problems will automatically be taken care of. And to, to fuel growth, you need credit. Mm. Let's put it in perspective from credit to GDP. So if you look at the last 20 years, if typically the credit multiplier, as we call, which is the credit growth to GDP growth ratio, is about 1.4, which means that to grow at 10% of GDP, you need 14% of loan growth. Now, in today, in these times, we are almost at 0.7. That is, we are growing at 10%, but our loans are growing at 7%. What does it mean? It just means that it's you you can imagine this in the form of a spring uh, the more the spring stays pressed and the longer it stays pressed when you release it the higher it will bounce wow. that is to say that today we are in an undershooting phase maybe sometime in the next 5 years itself you will be in the overshooting phase yeah. what leads to this overshooting phase for this credit multiplier of 0.7 it will has to go above 1.4 for your 20 year trend to again uh, mean revert yeah what does it take for this overshooting phase to happen? It takes two things. What is banking? Banking is nothing but taking money from the people who has money but ha doesn't have the risk appetite and giving it to people who don't have the money but has a risk appetite. Sure. So what it means is you need two interjections. One is you need the risk-taking mindset in the entrepreneurial community, community to come back. Mm. As we discussed before, the moment they start seeing profits in their existing business, they will start planning for the future as well, which means your environment has to be sentimentally and sentimentally conducive. The second is you need the risk mindset of a lender to be willing to lend to this entrepreneur, mm. which comes as the NPL problem gets fixed. And as we discussed before, there have been many reforms uh, of uh, insolvency bankruptcy code, which is actually making it faster and more cleaner way of fixing a problem mm. because this is the first time a regulatory framework is favoring banks. Mm. And as a result, what will happen is that once this mindset at the entrepreneurial and at the lender level gets fixed, mm. automatically you will see a 
a growth fillip yeah and actually i i think it be you know to some extent in 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 the private space we probably saw in the last 4 5 years how startups came up and they had a lot of funding from the private equity side but i'm assuming that we need something similar in the public markets in the sense that if i am someone who doesn't have access to private equity and i want to set up a factory and i need even a 10 crore loan like you said i am not doing that because i feel that there is not not enough demand for my factory the day that i feel that there is demand i then need to go and find a bank right now there's not even any bank so like you said both factors have to change and that's slowly happening i guess that is happening i think we've come a long way and i think in the, over the next 2 years itself you will see a, 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 a you will see a solid resurgence in loan growth coming up sure also then you know you may want when you talk about future you also need to imagine about competition because if you really rewind back uh, earlier psus used to have 80 80 80 85% of the market share now they've given way because of the ailing balance sheets they have given way to the private sector however the next 10 years although it belongs to the private sector at the same time there will be there will be a chance and we should be open minded about any future competition that comes because there are a lot of fintechs happening globally mm. lot of more business models are getting disrupted globally mm. and they all will also happen in india with a lag Hmm. Um, just to give you in context, there are a lot of algorithmic lending that has started happening. As more and more data comes to you today, uh, you know not your same bank will come to Anupam just because he knows you. But there there are so many other people who also know as much about Anupam as your existing bank. Yeah. So there will be a lot of new people who will come in with algorithmic lending, captive financiers who owns you. If you are shopping on say an Amazon, yeah. and Amazon owns you. and amazon knows whose product you're buying so he can actually finance the whole chain through a through a maybe a tie up or through through him oh, you're right because i i actually did this last week right because i frequently shop on amazon and there was actually a co-branded credit card between amazon and a leading indian bank i signed up for it and they said it's pre-approved and boom it took what 5 minutes and they had my credit card number right down to the those those the cvv right at the back they generated a virtual card it reminds me of maybe 10 years ago when applying for a credit card would take what a week maybe if at all and that also because i had a job so these models will emerge absolutely and they will and they will emerge and they need to emerge because the fact is this is what is going to test the private sector sure. because the competition is going to come up with a very asset light cost you know low cost of doing business very efficient models because they want to make the delivery frictionless and cheap to the to to say to you yeah, yeah, and yeah. and and that is what you should have when you look at the future you need to really imagine and stay invested in only those companies who have a very strong cost mindset and who constantly keep finding ways of reducing cost of doing business when you talk about cost of doing business it is essentially the cost at which you get deposits yeah. and the cost of running a bank yeah. to that entire composite cost has to remain in check so that you can compete well yeah. with any of these fintech new generation uh business models yeah. because will, in, they are the competition right i mean they are they are the competition they are the actually in a way to think about it is your existing bank yeah. who who has been owning you for the last 20 years anupam has just lost you to a, Amazon yeah. because yeah, yeah. now Amazon started owning you and um, because of Amazon you have a credit card in your wallet so actually it's important for every entity to start owning their customers and assuring them that they have to keep assuring to their customers that we are there for every need of yours got it so shrey now let's get to the real part okay the execution part the entire buy right sit tight philosophy that motila loswal has in assessing a stock to be worthy enough of investment and holding in it for the long term 
what is your framework here for finding these stocks so anupam as you rightly said uh, we profess heavily buying right and sitting tight but you know it's important for the listeners to understand what that means um, you know buying right is not actually a one time event it is a judgment call that we take on the strategy of the company and it's a bet we take that the management will be able to execute that strategy and as a result it's a process which means that we have to keep reassessing every time that have we bought right mm. only if we keep reassessing have we bought right mm. over extended period of time is only then you can afford to sit tight so sit tight is just a sheer outcome mm. but buying right is about a process that where you have to keep reassessing what how you imagined the entrepreneur or the banker to behave have they behaved in that same fashion or not it's possible that two years down the line the entire thesis or the entire philosophy of the management might change at which point of time you might decide that this is not the time to be buying into the stock whatever sure okay. absolutely so you know when you talk about investing in banking as we mentioned if you know it's it there are there are just couple of principles that if you keep in mind you can effectively do a very good job yourself which is that as we have mentioned what is banking banking is taking money from the people who have it and giving money to the ones who need it so the cost of doing business is the most important pivot which includes the cost at which you are getting deposits and the cost of running the operations hmm. that is an important vector and you need a management who is so razor sharp focused on the cost of doing business and you know that he'll be a cost leader in the sure. future will make you wealth the second thing is you need a growth mindset there are opportunities as we discussed the penetration levels opportunities are is abundant mm. however you need people who has that mindset of capturing that growth in the right form third in banking you need discipline uh, by discipline what i mean is you need a clear asset and liability matching in terms of schedule because you otherwise you will face the situation that we are facing every 3 years 4 years we face this alm let's mm. issues in very different form which is you're taking a 3 month uh, fd and giving it to a 10 year loan absolutely sure. okay you have to match it the last as i mentioned is every entity has to start owning their customers because there are so many intermediation uh, there are so many other players who are becoming part of your life that they are starting to own you more of you than the banker mm. that was owning you and as a result what will happen is they have to make sure that they keep delighting you they keep the process mm. frictionless and they make sure they keep getting more and more efficient so that they can compete well in a very high competitive environment in future like the banker says you know he has to mind the customer properly that if i have a bank account with them then he has to ensure that he gives me a credit card he gives me a personal loan he gives me a two wheeler loan he gives me a home loan and i don't know what so the bank management should be cognizant of the growth opportunities out there absolutely and that's a wrap on the second part of the equity sai podcast brought to you by motilal oswal asset management company i'm your host anubam gupta b50 on twitter this was a two part series focusing on the banking sector In the first part we spoke about the evolution of the Indian banking sector and the NPL crisis in the second part we spoke about the future of the sector in the third part we will look at life insurance what the product is all about the evolution of the sector where it stands today and its growth potential so stay tuned for that hi i'm ronnie scruella first generation entrepreneur and co-founder at upgrad My podcast Dreaming with Your Eyes Open is a companion podcast to my best-selling book Dream with Your Eyes Open. On this podcast, I talk to Amit Doshi, founder of IVM Podcast about my entrepreneurial journey. 
I walk you through my successes and failures, mostly my failures, and the lessons that I learned from my experiences, family, and colleagues. What was my first entrepreneurial venture? Why I chose Japanese cartoons over animation cartoons on Hangama? Why did I sell my stake at UTV to Disney? Find out all this and more on the Ronnie Scruella podcast, Dreaming with Your Eyes Open. New episodes out every Tuesday on the IBM Podcasts app, website, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Advertising is dead. Yep, you heard me right. Advertising is dead. We're all in the content business now. Let's not call it news, TV, radio, etc., etc. It's all content and we're in the middle of this weirdly exciting phase where all the borders and lines that have been drawn over decades has been swept away by this lovely thing called the internet. We're a show where we don't dwell on just the stuff that is now, but rather the wider stuff about advertising, media, content and the whole goddamn circus surrounding it. Tune in every Tuesday for our weekly unboxing of the mystery box we used to call advertising. I'm Varun Dugirala, co-founder and content chief at The Glitch, and this is my new podcast, Advertising is Dead. Advertising is Dead.